0: We've come back to this place for the joy, for the wonder, for the excitement. We come here to feel joy, sadness, love, fear, triumph. We come here to think and to have our minds challenged. When the image is framed to perfection, when the sound envelops you, when the music begins to soar, we take flight to go somewhere new. To remember where we came from, to imagine where we can go, because in a place like this, everything feels right. Snakes? Nice. Why do they have to be snakes? Get in, loser. We're going shopping, all right? Yep. Two corpses. Everything's fine. I'm your huckleberry. Get away from her, you bitch! Are hey, you not entertained? I'm gonna make them know. Okay? Oh, oh, eat you up, oh, eat you up, well. well. I'll have what she's having. Welcome to another episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith, joined today by new one, actually. I think I owe you all an explanation as to where I've been the last couple months, why I haven't recorded a couple of episodes. It's uh, it's kind of been a wild ride. Uh, Nothing negative. Everything has actually been amazing, to be honest. There's been a sudden change to my work schedule, which actually does work a lot better for me. Um back in January I met the most amazing guy and uh now he's my boyfriend and uh it's honestly been amazing. Uh he's just incredible. I love spending time with him and yeah, we've been just going to so many places and so I just kind of kind of record when I can. There were also some instances where um my guests for previous episodes uh through scheduling conflicts or just the fact that the uh, we just couldn't get the planning together. Uh, these episodes just didn't happen. So uh, just kind of hitting a bit of a reset button today. Uh, more on that later. On top of that, I had been taking some college classes online uh, through um, a program at work which paid for college and all that stuff, so that was a nice, nice perk there. Uh, I am now a graduate from Bellevue University. <laughs> I have a bachelor's in history to go along with my uh, bachelor of arts in a radio TV film from Cal State Fullerton. So yeah, very, very eventful year for me, and um, it's, uh, only, it's only getting started. But in the meantime, I, I do want to record an episode for you. Um, The year 2023 is half over. Which means, um, you know, time to look back, do a little bit of a retrospective on the year. Uh, I've already recorded two episodes on two movies that came out this year, so uh, there's probably not going to be a lot of surprises as to what tends to end up at the top. But uh, unlike last year, it's the, my favorite movie so far is not the one that I recorded an episode on. Um, it's up there. It is up there. Uh, they're both up there. Just They're not number one as of right now, and I, I think it's very exciting, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. So as you remember from episode one, when I recorded my Best of 2022 episode, how I kind of just uh, separated all the movies by genre, I don't want to do that now. Um, it's just a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of lists when I could just do one. So I'm just going to start naming off movies. Uh, it's basically the same thing. So why am I going to give myself all that extra work? Also keep in mind that I have not seen all of the films of 2023. Uh, with my hectic schedule, there are some, uh, big ones that I've missed so far. And I've, I'm trying to make time to watch those ASAP. I'm, still trying to make time to watch John Wick Chapter 4. I'm still trying to make time, uh, actually find, uh, whenever they put it online for availability, the movie Suzume, which I've been excited about and just couldn't find the time to go see it when it was in theaters. So hopefully I see those eventually. That's why, uh, if you notice, there's like a major uh, omission from my list. It's literally because I just didn't have time to see it. Again, just very busy year for me. Uh, I will get around to it, I promise. This is me we're talking about. Uh, also, just know that there's actually no particular order to how I'm going to be uh, going over these movies. So th- there, there's this, uh, the, I'm just gonna do my favorite one last. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, just earlier this week, I got a chance to see Nimona on Netflix. Oh my god, that is fantastic. If you haven't had a chance to see that, it's on Netflix. Just watch it right now. Uh, LGBT representation, great fantasy adventure. The uh, allegory is not super subtle, but it doesn't beat you over the head either. And it just really fits into the story very well. Uh, It should be on many top 10 lists, particularly in animation by the end of the year. Uh, Do see it. It's phenomenal. Uh, sticking with animation a little bit, uh, I did want to take a moment to talk about Elemental and a just side note to the marketing team at Pixar. What? Just what? Why? Why did you do that to this poor movie? Uh, this movie is incredible. This is actually top tier Pixar. Uh, do see it, please. It's so good. It's probably going to be on Disney Plus within a month because it didn't do well in theaters, but oh my gosh, this is incredible. This is like one of Pixar's best films and the ad campaign just made it look like uh <laughs> made it look like a star-crossed lovers movie and that no, 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 that's not what it is. Uh it, it's in there a little bit, but that is definitely not the crux of the movie. Uh so yeah, for if we're gonna look at like one of the better animated movies this year, uh, Elemental deserves more love. It deserves more attention. Please do see it. Uh, the the marketing did not do it justice at all. And um, also, um, yeah, you know what? I liked the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. This, this is the kind of thing that was made for people like me who grew up playing the games. I had the original Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo. I had a Nintendo. I blew on the cartridges and all all that stuff. So, yeah. Is it a little bit uh, pandering? Sure. But you know what? It's pandering to me. So, I'll allow it. Now, uh, y'all know I have, like, a fondness for the comic book film. Uh, unfortunately, not all of them made the cut this time around. Uh, but a surprising one kind of did. Unsurprisingly... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was spectacular. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It was great seeing these characters uh, one last time as a team. Uh, James Gunn will be missed in the MCU, although I'm sure he'll do great things in the DC Universe. It really does go a darker direction this time around, but it doesn't sacrifice the fun factor that made it so special in the first place. So yeah if the previous Marvel outing uh, had us a little nervous about the future of the company uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 kind of calms those fears. The uh, surprising entry uh, that I'm going to be throwing in here and I'm going to throw it with a bit of an asterisk uh, DC's The Flash. Uh, It's sort of infamously this year's big flop um honestly if you, if you have personal reasons for not wanting to support the movie those are valid uh i'm not gonna tell you to like no no you're snowflake blah 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 no 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 no. you you just stick to whatever it is you're doing um i thought it was a lot of fun for what it was uh it was Honestly, as someone who grew up watching the Michael Keaton Batman movies, for me, seeing him get one last hurrah made the whole movie worth watching. Uh, that was me, personally. Um, there are some things about the story that I think, especially since another film this year, w- which I'm going to be getting to later, kind of explores the, possib- the uh, alternate timelines and stuff and kind of tells an opposite (laughs) story to this one and does it way better. Um, There were still moments that did kind of have have me choking up a little bit, admittedly so. So yeah, in spite of the the turmoil behind the scenes, in spite of the... um, Okay, I'm not gonna like rag on the VFX because honestly um, to me VFX artists are overworked, underpaid, and are given ridiculous time crunches, and you know what, if a film is going to have PS3 level uh, visual effects, uh, that's probably the fault of someone who holds the wallet more so than it is the VFX artists themselves. So in an effort not to throw shade at the VFX artists, uh, this is my plea to studios to actually pay your artists and actually give them time to do the work. Please, like, they deserve it. This is like such, like, you look at movies from, like, the two, the early 2000s that look so much better than this, and it's like, there's no excuse. This is literally just, like, people at the top, like, Giving ridiculous timelines, and it's like no, this takes this takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of effort, and uh, you know what we got could have been a lot better if they just had more time to do it. Uh, that's just my my take on that, and you know not so much a comic book film, but it does kind of have the the superhero vibe going for it. Uh, one of my previous guests uh, mentioned it on our Skinamarink episode, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Once and Always uh i was worried at first about this one uh i really thought like oh my gosh are they really going to exploit like um the real life uh tragedies that befell actual the the actors who used to be in the series and it turned out to be way more respectful um most of the a lot of the original not the original original some of them yes but Different eras of Power Rangers came together uh, and just told something that was not only respectful to the, the cast members who passed, may they, they rest in peace, but um, also to the original source. Like It didn't try to re- reboot anything. This was in, in line with the show that we remember watching, uh, both in tone, in acting style, in writing, Every choice that was made here, I believe, was deliberate to really bring back what the show was. So if you grew up, like me, obsessed with the Power Rangers, uh, once and always is the nostalgia trip you didn't know that you needed. Uh, If you want to see that right now, it is streaming on Netflix. Totally worth a look if you were a Rangers fan. If you are new to the series, I would probably recommend familiarizing yourself with it first because uh, you might be on the, what is this? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, why is this, why is this acted this way? Why is it written this way? The show was like that, trust. Like, this This was a show that was written for kids. Yeah, no, this was great. I, I loved it. Um, I, yeah, I loved it. While we're on nostalgia trips, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. This was really, if you wanted to give Indiana Jones one last crack at the whip, this was how you do it. You do, you play the greatest hits, uh, you play to what Harrison Ford can still do, uh, which is surprisingly a lot. Uh, you do all the nostalgic stuff. Uh, honestly, you know what? I, I'm, I'm one of the people who really liked Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but like if you're going to do one last go with Indiana Jones, you better have him punching Nazis in the face, and that's what he does, punches Nazis in the face. Uh, this was made by people who loved the original movies, and I, I thought they did a fantastic job with it. This was one of the most fun things I've seen in theaters this year. Uh, for real, this is it was a lot of fun. Disney's The Little Mermaid remake. Um... Yeah, you know, I this was the 1989 animated classic is one of is the first movie that I was ever obsessed with. I remember when it came out, I wanted to see it in theaters. I had the soundtrack on cassette tape. I watched it countless times at home. This was to me the perfect movie growing up. So, watching this new version come out in theaters and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Uh, Hallie Bailey is just fantastic as Ariel. She just, she deserves her flowers for this. Her singing is beautiful. Just absolutely gorgeous. Um, the music was amazing, as always. I mean, this was one of, like, all of these iconic songs. Of course, it's going to be great. Many of them performed by, like, Broadway-trained actors and stuff. Uh, when we get to, like, the new songs, um, my favorite of them is the one that Ariel sings when she first hits the surface. That was a amazing, amazing song. I think that should be up for an Oscar this year. Personally, I think it was great. I have a soft spot for Scuttlebutt. I'm sorry. I love that song. I love that song. It's ridiculous. It's silly. It... makes no sense in the context of the movie actually just kidding it actually does make a whole lot of sense in the context of the movie it just sounds really silly especially if you're playing it out of context i love it i love scuttlebutt i love the soundtrack i love the movie uh no notes this was great and yes uh peter pan and wendy also made the list david lowry uh does not miss uh my he made my favorite action adventure film from two years ago the green knight Uh, such a great filmmaker. Uh, He deserves more flowers and he did a great job here. Starts off very familiar but then it kind of like takes some turns that are like very interesting Um, and it's like it's a breeze. You breeze right through it. It's like less than 90 minutes. It's it's really good. While we're getting nostalgic and kind of going back into like older franchises and stuff, um, Evil Dead Rise it really says something to like i thought last year was a banger year for horror films the fact that i'm not even calling evil dead rise my favorite horror film for this year is any is bonkers and it's literally just i still like the other one better <laughs> um but evil dead rise is like top tier horror in my opinion it's like A return to the scariness of the very first Evil Dead film, Uh, visually like, oh my god, (laughs) Uh, Lee Cronin knows how to direct a damn horror movie. This thing scared the bejesus out of me. This thing, uh, (laughs) I walked out of the theater like, shaking. That was how good it was. It is so rare for a movie to do that to me. The last one that did that was Hereditary. It's, like, one of the scariest films I've seen, like, in the last decade. And it's still just a thrill ride. It's a whole lot of fun. And it's, like, gosh. Like, (laughs) yeah, like, I'd watch this again, even though, like, it straight up terrified me. This was one of the best films, like, in the franchise. And, again, like, with how good horror was last year to like start off with like two, at least two films. There's actually a couple more in here that like are just, that stand out, you know? Like I think in general, horror is just experiencing like a huge renaissance. And I think a lot of it is people are starting to respect it more. I don't use the phrase elevated horror. It's always been elevated. All horror is amazing and worth worthy of respect. What I think is happening is mo- more people are respecting horror. And, yeah, it's start- like the genre is finally starting to get its flowers. Another horror franchise that saw another installment was Scream with uh, Scream 6. You know, I, as much as I kind of think I preferred part five or, you know, Scream, the the just Scream, even though it was the fifth part. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this was fun. This was fun. This was Ghostface takes Manhattan. It was, uh, I still I enjoyed every minute of it. There were I thought it was like brutal. Now if any if I had one complaint about it, maybe it was too brutal. Um, the body count. Uh, there was one character who I who kicked the bucket who I was like very upset to see go. Like I was very upset. I'm like no, they didn't deserve that. They did not deserve that. Um, but you know it's worthy of canon for the franchise. Uh, might actually be my least favorite in the franchise, but I still really love it. Uh, to me, I think Scream is one of those those franchises where there are no bad movies, so yeah. I briefly discussed the Outwaters in the skinner Marink episode. Uh, yeah, that, that was insane. M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin is definitely um, not one to miss. I, I personally enjoyed it uh does take some getting used to and you know it's (laughs) it's different and again for me as I defended Shyamalan last season the dude takes big swings this was definitely a big swing and for me I thought it hit personally I thought it hit. Camp Horror had its moment in the sun with um, Megan and Cocaine Bear uh, self-explanatory, really. You know what you're getting uh, into with both of those films. Um, yeah, uh, they did not disappoint. They delivered exactly what they promised. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and of course you have your comedy horror with the Blackening, which I thought was like a hilarious send-up to like slasher films and particularly how black characters are represented in those films. I thought it was like very smartly written and like the, the jump scares are still effective, even though it's like, you know, basically full on comedy. But yeah, it was great. I loved it. There have been some uh, bright spots in the comedy genre as well. Uh, last week, I just watched No Hard Feelings. Jennifer Lawrence really does show off her comedic ch- chops here this was a hilarious raunchy comedy that also gets surprisingly sweet at moments and just kind of like makes for a really good rom-com in spite of the fact that it's also like really raunchy and dirty and yeah I you don't see movies like this as much anymore and we really should it's it was it, it was refreshing to see uh, Hannah Gatsby and uh, John Mullaney have some new stand-up specials on Netflix that I thought were hilarious. Um, Mulaney gets really dark in his, so be prepared for that. If you liked the movie Searching with John Cho, uh, missing the spiritual successor to that is great. I just kind of love this style of filmmaking where it's all told through like different types of screen recording. and. Yeah, it, it's very well done. Uh, the fact that you can make a good thriller using this technique, um, it can't be easy. Uh, in fact, it's some it, it's a it's a gimmick that can very easily backfire. And between those two movies, it has not yet. Uh, these are very well made, very well done, and it, it's it just speaks to like the strength of the uh, screenplay the directors and the performers. Um, yeah, uh, Nicholas Johnson, Will Merrick, excellent work here. <laughs> Storm Reed is great. She's like, you're rooting for her the whole movie. With that, I think I actually ran through most of the uh, list aside from the uh, tops of each genre. Um, actually, um, Little Mermaid being the only musical major musical release that year, or this year, rather. Um, that would be, obviously, my pick for best musical, given it's the only one right now that I've seen. Um, I have no qualms saying that because I really enjoyed it. But I'm just going to get the obvious picks out of the way. My favorite horror movie so far this year is Marink*. I recorded an episode on it. Uh, you could listen to that. Uh, yeah, I still feel that way. I still feel this was, like, one of the most interesting horror movies I've ever seen. Uh, Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, That's my pick for best horror. When it comes to best action adventure, so far it's Dungeons and Dragons uh, Honor Among Thieves. Also recorded an episode on that one. (laughs) Go listen to that one. Um, Yeah, those were the obvious picks, the ones that I actually talked about extensively and saying the praises of earlier this year. So far, those are still the top ones in their respective genres. For comedy, I'm going to go with Rye Lane. Um, You know how people talk about how no one makes rom-coms anymore? Uh, Watch Rye Lane. Just watch Rye Lane. It's not only a great rom-com with great characters who you just root for to be together. They are adorable together. Um, It really plays with the meet-cute and... Even with that, with that, like, tiny moment, you just really want these two to, like, succeed together. Um, Rain, Alan Miller, does a great job directing this. This was just a phenomenally directed uh, film. That screenplay is flawless. Um, yeah, watch Rye Lane. It's on Hulu right now. It's one of the best movies of the year. Under drama, I think I have to go with Creed Three. Uh, so far, that's the one that, like, Michael B. Jordan took the reins in directing it. Uh, he keeps the franchise going, um, gives us more backstory on Adonis Creed, and it really fleshes itself out and builds up to this great, like, this great fight at the end of the movie, um, Michael B. Jordan, just one of my favorite actors, and it just so happens he's also a fantastic film director. And this leads to my favorite movie of the year, also favorite animated movie of the year Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Well, favorite so far. This could change. This is just the halfway point. Um, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse is my pick so far for best film of 2023. So, like, Think back on how awesome Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was. Like the animation style, the storytelling, the humor, the writing. It was all top-notch. It blew us all away. Across the Spider-Verse blows that one out of the water. its It takes what worked so well in the first movie and pushes it and pushes it and pushes it. And it just becomes like this great i don't even know how to describe it um it really does take on not just the state of comic book films as it is but just the culture surrounding it and like how fans react to everything uh it does kind of hold a mirror to the culture of comic book movies and does so it's just spectacular animation incredible writing. Um, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I can't sing praises of this one enough. I know, I know. I kind of like this time last year my pick was also the Multiverse movie and uh, that ended up being my pick for the whole year. I don't know if that's going to be the case this year. I, I, I think Everything Everywhere All At Once is a once in a generation kind of movie. Uh, But Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I'm very comfortable saying like, I I feel like this will probably end up in my top 10 for the year. Um, It's great. It is a phenomenal film. Uh, Once again, just kind of going back to animators, VFX artists, please pay them. Please respect them. Please give them the dignity that they deserve. The movie would not have worked as well as it did without them. And I know that there's been some, some uh, news that came out about the making of this movie where uh, they were basically not given the best working conditions. Look, I can wait. I can wait for the next, the next movie. Please pay, just please treat them with respect. Give them dignity. Give them time. Don't, don't force them to overwork themselves. These animators are filled with so much talent they did such a fantastic job here and imagine how much better they can do if they have the time and the ability to breathe and to like refine it oh my gosh like you do that you're gonna have like an even better part three so yeah um again I do have a lot of thoughts on the state of cinema as it is right now. Uh, obviously with the writers' strike going on uh, today SAG-AFTRA just announced that they will also be going on strike, in which case, hell yeah! <laughs> hell yeah! Um, I stand I stand in solidarity with, uh, with the writers, with the actors, with Honestly, anyone, anyone who's working and not being paid the wages they deserve, uh, being forced to wonder if they're going to be replaced by AI or uh, technology. Like, yeah, no, I think everyone deserves protections from that. And I feel like these executives who aren't even budging on having a conversation about this I think they're the ones who are being unreasonable here. Um, yeah, all all writers want is basically to eat and to not be replaced by robots who are going to probably write bad. Let's face it, like, AI won't do a good job at writing. You just can't. Also, 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 AI, AI art is plagiarism. It's plagiarism. Like. It takes art that already exists and sort of like forms a mishmash with it like no somebody else drew that and AI just kind of like messed it up and is presenting it as its own work that's plagiarism that's literally plagiarism so yeah I do feel like I, I personally believe that there are practical purposes for this technology but screenwriting and movie filmmaking are not one of them we need humans to do this. This is, this is art. This is art. Humans make art. Uh, AI, I'm sure, can make something look cool and stuff, uh, whatever, there's no soul to it. There's no, you need a human being to tell this story. And I guarantee you that if AI takes over and starts making these stories, it's gonna suck. It is going to suck. Because it's missing, it's missing that. It's missing the soul. It's missing the humanity. <sighs> that episode of Black Mirror, Joan is awful. Like, the only unrealistic thing about that episode, because honestly I feel like the technology is horrifyingly there for that, um, it just wouldn't be that good. The show wouldn't be that good. It would be terrifying, absolutely, like a philosophical nightmare. But, you know, like, it would suck someone would basically have their whole life ruined, and the show would just suck. But yeah, the most obvious solution to the strike is, yeah, pay your writers. Pay your writers. Pay your actors. You know, don't don't leave them wondering if they're going to be replaced one day by, like, something that isn't even real. And yeah, I'm not expecting, like, the business majors who run studios to understand how art works, but yeah, they... this whole AI thing is showing a fundamental misunderstanding on how art works and don't even get me started on like how capitalism ruins things and how like uh, movies and TV shows can just be like deleted and written off for tax reasons I can go on a whole other tangent about that that just feels that is just so wrong it is so like morally bankrupt that I yeah And it seems like almost every major studio is doing it right now, and it's frustrating because it's like, no, people worked hard on this. People worked hard on this, and it wasn't just so you could save a few bucks on taxes. So what comes next for In a Place Like This? Well, um, I'm actually going to kind of start retooling, uh, the general way I do the podcast. Um... In the past, I've been kind of, like, at the mercy of, like, when can I record? When can my guests record? And that's been been great. And I've done, like, amazing episodes with the most incredible guests. I do need to leave room for more stuff, like, today, where it's just me just kind of going off on movies. So, in the future, I'm going to probably leave room for both. I will start having plans to record my own episodes, and if anybody would like to join me on those, I will leave those invites open. And yeah, in general, I just kind of have to like squeeze in time to record whenever I can, Uh, especially like this week where I'm just kind of like recording between work shifts and other plans. Um, I know I I probably, I'm gonna actually be putting a pause to record tonight so I can go watch uh, Mission Impossible after work today. Which, um, since I've already recorded like the best of the year, uh, the best of the year so far portion of the episode, it'll be too late to add that in. But just know that I'm watching it today, and from what I've heard so far, it might end up in my end of the year list. Uh, that series does not miss. But also, this method does open me up to be able to record more episodes and not have like an unplanned two-month hiatus. And I could just deliver more episodes, uh, like I had hoped to do this year anyway. Uh, so yeah, as the year goes on, we'll have more uh, more topics to cover. And um, I'm going to look through the list that I had set up for the rest of the year, and I'm going to be making adjustments, and I'll start posting those on the socials. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I know it was just me. Hopefully this wasn't like a boring episode or anything. Um, It usually, personally, I do prefer to work with somebody just because, like, that does give me more to bounce off of. And a lot of times my guests will bring their own flair to it, which makes it even better. Uh, So, yeah, I would prefer if I was able to record with a guest in the future, with guests, rather, in the future. Um, But, yeah, I will do my best to still deliver, like, a good episode by myself when it comes to that. And, yeah, support strikers everywhere, uh, support labor rights, support fair wages, support uh, dignity in the workplace, support all of that. Uh, Writers Guild, uh, Screen Actors Guild, uh, standing in solidarity with you. I, non-visual me- medium, but I literally just did the, the fist bump. Uh, <laughs> the air fist, the fist pump. Uh, yeah. Um, hoping for the best uh for everyone at home thank you for listening i hope you are not just entertained but somehow reborn together